everyone. Welcome back to What Else Can We Do podcast with Mary and Elena and special guest Gwen. Yeah. Elena is holding her very, very cute, tiny little dog right now. And it is so adorable. And we are on Zoom, but we are hoping that the audio is consistent this time because we have two professional microphones happening today. So we are going to recap from our last week challenge, which was about perception and judgment. And we were to just take general note, not to necessarily change everything that we're thinking, but to take note of what we are thinking when we are thinking it. And I think a really, really uh, funny moment of this past week, Elena and I went to yoga and without any mention of name, situation, whatever, there was an interaction with a person that day. And I watched Elena physically react to another human being, like a whole body reaction. She straight up doesn't know that I know this. And it was the funniest, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life, but it was like, I don't like that person right now. I don't. And her eyes and her, like her whole face fell. It was amazing. Go ahead, Elena, comment. So, yeah. So here's the thing. Um, the amount of times in my uh, 30 years of life, let's say like 27, just to, you know, um, that I've been told fix your face is unreal. And it is a constant, like Elena, fix your face, Elena, fix your face. Like Look, when, I've said when- it to you before and it is still so funny though, because the physic, it wasn't just your face though. It wasn't just your face. It was your entire body was revolted by this person, not because okay. of looks, not because of anything else. It was because that person started speaking and they were very clearly rude. And Elena's whole body was like, no, <laughs> just a big old no. It's something that I have worked very hard on. It is very difficult for me to keep my face. And I've noticed that more since I'm, you know, meeting new people now and meeting Jeff's friends. And there are some people that just, we don't mesh. And, uh, it, it's something that in the back of my mind, when I meet, I'm like, don't, don't, don't just don't just keep your composure, keep a good body, like keep a good face. You know what? Tell them that you hate everything that's happening. And it's, I've gotten better. You have just like, you absolutely have. I just wasn't. No. It was, I think it was an overall mood situation where it was like, I am already done with this planet. Yeah. And then that person walks in or was interacting with you. And you were like, I just cannot with you right now, woman. Look I at my face. If it's I remember no. this correctly, they were coming to put their mat by me. Yes. And yeah. too close. Like sometimes it's just, too, I don't, it's not anything yeah, even personal a lot of the time, but it was like a rude comment. And then the mat was going near you and you were like, I need you to kindly burn your mat while you're laying on it. <laughs> just get out. If it were to go up in flames. No big deal, but you know please when? get out. So anyway, that was like the, that was the only thing that I saw in person with your perceptions. But I also want to say that because this is the first time in a long, long time that we have been regularly going somewhere where we are seeing people all of the time. Mm -hmm. Like there are lots of people that go to this yoga class and because this is 
the first time in a really long time that you're interacting with people, I think it's way harder to fix your face. It's way harder to stop the judgment from presenting because you're used to a mask covering your face and you haven't seen people in a long time. So I I think that that is a, a valid reason for us to all not fix our faces because it's been a while. <laughs> I will say that having a mask on has really made me like hyper aware when I don't have it on. Like if I, you know, run into a store, I'm like, oh, should I forgot it? Whatever. Like I just need one thing. I realize that I still do the things that I would do under my mask. And it's like, oh, hey, stop that. People can see your face. There is nothing quite like a mask, sunglasses, and hat combination to make me feel like a brand new person. Like I'm living on the edge. Having that like kind of mysterious vibe. Also, people still stare at me like, why are you wearing a mask, sunglasses, and hat? Um, Because I don't want you to know who I am. I don't want to look at you. It's not like I'm famous. Let's not get crazy. Although I do have a sort of fame to my <clears throat> thing. Just being a teacher, unfortunately, means that you are a little bit famous. And it is very yeah. uncomfortable because you're not like famous with like a lot of really cool people. You're famous with a lot of pimply teens. And they're like, hey, ew, it's it look, it's my teacher in the giant eagle. And it's no. like, oh, no, 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 honey. No. Yeah. So that's hard. That's that one. Yeah. That part is hard for me. But I do like a good mask. It does make me feel a little bit better and it helps me with my perception and judgment. I will say since we did that episode, I have heard a lot of good feedback. I should there was good insight in here. I enjoyed that episode or whatever. And I really think that it has helped me realize that I do judge what other people say. Not that I didn't know this before, but it made me realize that I, I mean, I interpret things really negatively when I am feeling negative. So, or when I am feeling sensitive or insecure. So at school, I have a hard time. And sometimes I take some of the things I perceive some of the things, some of the emails or whatever as really negative when they probably aren't even meant that way, or they are. And I should probably continue perceiving them that way. But I have noticed that my judgment of even the people that I work with who are sending me those emails, who are talking to me on a regular basis or whatever, a lot of the time, and I was just talking to my coworker about this today. A lot of the time we are not mad at each other. We're mad at everything happening around us. And then we treat Mm -hmm. each other terribly, which is so unfair because obviously we do like each other and we act sometimes like we don't because life is hard and everything is stressful all at one time. So I will say that my perception and judgment has changed ever so slightly because of the episode us talking about it. And I will also say I watched a movie yesterday that literally, I'm not joking. It is now my favorite movie I've ever seen in my life. What is it? So I watched the movie About Time. Oh yeah, I've heard that. So About Time is on Netflix. It's it's a little older. I don't know when it came out. Rachel McAdams in a role that she knows quite well, which is playing a wife to a husband who can travel in time. Um, if you haven't seen Time Traveler's Wife, go watch that <laughs> if you want a good cry. Anyway, so About Time has Rachel McAdams. And the lead guy, I don't know his name. I am the worst with, with names and actors and actresses. I, the only reason why I know Rachel McAdams is because she was in my Everyone formative years, her. mean girls, yeah. the notebook, come on anyway. So I just, I related to it so well, so beautifully done. Everything about it was so great. And 
it was about this guy who travels in time and you know, it's silly. It's, I laughed, I cried all the good things. However, the end result kind of thing, like one of the lessons that he was learning was kind of live every day as if you are going back to that day and revisiting it from the future and you know, everything that's going to happen. So you don't have to worry, live every day. Like I don't have to worry. Everything's going to be okay. I'm visiting this from the future almost. And I, I am not doing it justice. Please go watch it. Please, please watch it. It's really, really <laughs> wonderful. I was laughing out loud during it. And then I was sobbing uncontrollably because it was hitting me in the feels so hard. It was honestly like one of the best movies I've ever watched in my entire life, which, you wow. know, I don't make light of that because we are yeah. connoisseurs of film and television. If nothing else, we love a good veg and I love, binge I love a good binge. Yes. Watch and eat. Love yes. It. All of the above. <laughs> so um, that brings us to our topic this week, which we decided we are doing. What else can we do? But binge watch Netflix. Number one. Okay. It's my favorite thing to do. I know. Same. <laughs> okay. So I am so excited that we decided to do this because <clears throat> sometimes And this is, we talked about mental health. We talked about anxiety and we will talk more in depth with depression and anxiety in that link. And we'll talk about all those things in another episode. But when I am feeling my most anxious, when I am feeling my most depressed, one of the only things that can distract my brain or make me feel just a little bit better is binge watching a show and taking myself out of the world. And also, of course, reading a book. If, of course, if it can yeah. pull me in, I, I would love to read a book. I am a language arts teacher. I fully endorse reading books. However, binge watching a show sometimes is kind of the lazy person's reading a book. And if you're super depressed and you can't even get yourself into reading, which I've been several times, I, there's nothing quite like a binge watch. They're just it, uh, so good. Especially if it's something that, you know, yeah. So I, I mean, we kind of talked about this with the anxiety thing, but rewatching like a movie or a show is really helpful for anxiety because you don't have to worry about what's happening. There's no like unknown. And I mean, I think we talked about the fact that I have HBO solely to watch friends because that's my, (laughs) like, that's my show that I can just put on in the background and kind of like, if I need to do something else, I can do that. But it kind of takes me out of life because I know what's Mm -hmm. happening. I don't really even have to focus um, to know exactly the episodes you're on and yeah, what's going like, to happen and when to laugh and when the good things tr- are going to happen. Yes. I can truly zone out. And yeah. that's, that is also one of my favorites. Yeah. Short episodes. So oh. I don't feel like, you know, like a nice 25, yes. 30 minute, oh even my gosh. like 35, like 25, 20 to 35 minute episode. Yes. And then you just like, all of a sudden you've watched 10 episodes and you don't, you didn't waste 10 hours of your life. Right. <laughs> it was so, just maybe like five. It's so, it's so cool because we chose the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. Like I said, last time, the premise is watching the world go by from her living room window. Heartbroken Anna sets her sights on a handsome new neighbor until she witnesses a gruesome murder, which Elena and I are true crime people. We are crime show procedural people. There is something comforting about following, even if you haven't seen the show before following a certain pattern, not only does this show have short episodes? It ends every episode as a cliffhanger and it also follows a pattern. 
Yes. And to the point where it actually is making fun of the pattern, which I think is also hilarious. Yeah. Because the show seems very parody-esque. I know it's a dark comedy thriller type show, but it's also like making fun of girl on a train. Yeah. Even like a gone girl situation where there's like a twist um, woman in the window. Like there's all these things. And it's so funny because Netflix, because I watched this twice through to get the notes and like really get the idea of the show. Right. And it was so easy to do. I watched it twice. People, this is like devotion. And then Netflix put the women, in, the woman in the window as my recommendation. Oh, yeah. And I was like, no, no, no. I've already, I can't with, I can't go backwards into the very serious one after watching the parody no. one. We are going to go episode by episode just with our general commentary. We watched it. We felt feelings about it. And then we're going to give a little review at the end because I want to say there's a lot of feelings that I'm having about this show because I watched it yeah. twice. So I really overanalyzed the crap out of it um, as I, as we all should. As, as one would. Yes. And we did. And we both binge binged it. Like it was a complete like, yeah, watched it over either like one or two days. So it, it was one. Yeah. It was only four hours. Right. And I watched it once one day and once another day. Anyway, so we'll go through episode by episode, talk about our thoughts on each little part. Here is our disclaimer. If you haven't watched the show, stop listening. Spoilers. Yeah, this is your spoiler alert. So don't like write us comments and stuff that say like, you spoiled the whole show for me. We It's about the show. This episode is about this show. Entirely. Don't send me hate mail. Don't send me hate mail over this. Watch the show. Tell us your thoughts after about how we thought about the show and what you thought about the show. But if you don't want to watch the show, if you're like, I'm not feeling it, you can continue listening if you want to. Um, in fact, like I started the first episode one day and then I was like, I can't watch this. This is weird and weird. I, I, I no, we're just not doing this. Yeah. And then of course I gave it a second try and then third try, you know? So yeah, yeah. here we are. You know, third time's the charm. Let's just start from the very beginning. It's a very good place to start, you know? Generally. Like, like Sound of Music said, Oy. this episode starts with an incredible, we, incredibly weird situation. It, well, she's making a casserole in this casserole dish that we later find out just like what regenerates. Like, what is this? Some, the Doctor Who of casserole dishes. Yeah. Every time she drops it, she just has a new one. So she either has like bulk of these casserole dishes. Is this a Costco purchase? You know, I don't know. There's a lot of them. She has Wait, like, did 15. you have these same feelings where you were like, what the, wh- uh, why do you have so many of these? My I mean, I love a good like, dish, but why a casserole? Why the same casserole? Make so that- we do find out later. Oh yes. But like, yeah, that it's the daughter's favorite, but also like, whoa, lady, aren't you so tired of eating this casserole? It's been, it's been time. Yeah. So she like is making the casserole. She's putting it in the oven and she's pulling it out of the oven without oven mitts, which is like, so it's like making fun of like every single thing that you like know about just like the funniest, weirdest shows that you'll see is like when people do stupid stuff and you're like, really, you didn't grab the oven mitt. You just went on there, bare hands in it in the hot oven. Okay. Come <laughs> on. You'd be fine. <laughs> Third degree burns, not a thing. And she's Don't like, know. why do I keep forgetting that? She has like these questions to herself. Like, why do I keep forgetting? Like what? So my very first question in my notes was what is this? Because it was yes. so such a strange start. Also, the wine pour. Can we all just respect her wine pour? It was Olympic worthy. Yeah. One bottle per glass. Beautiful. I mean, like the glass, but she 
she had she had a method. It was tried and true. Yeah. She poured it to the very tippy top, took a little sippy sip, little and then carried it. Yeah. And um, my favorite scene, which comes, I think, in a later episode, is when she has a full bottle in one glass, puts her phone on top of the glass while she's talking to her therapist and is holding yes. the other bottle to take <clears throat> it to her chair, which like, I mean, again, Olympic gold medal wine drinker, alcoholic, definitely, but still. Oh, yeah. But she yeah. was good at it. <laughs> and then she has this like monologue, like um, voiceover situation to start us out that she's sitting in this chair with like peas with like uh, frozen peas on her hands. And she's like speaking in a British accent and talking about how her husband left her after he made comments about the fact that she speaks in a British accent sometimes. She's also just randomly staring out a window. Yeah. She has set her chair in her living room to stare out the window and watch the world go by. And can we talk about the house being like so extra nice? How does she afford this? I know that that's not what the show is about, but even episode like five and six and seven and eight, I was like, okay, but how much money is her husband giving her in the divorce? Yeah. And how did she get the house? Like, and she's an this- artist, but like, really? You draw and some flowers like, and you make that she's much an alcoholic. money? Yeah. And she's, you know, a little crazy. So I don't know when she actually worked last. As soon as she said, you know, like, oh, my husband divorced. I was like, oh, she must go to the house. And then as it went through, I was like, no, but wait, what is happening? Like her husband had a really good job. Right. Which we find out later is he's basically a mind hunter. Yes. Situation where he goes and talks to serial killers. We find out in a gruesome way, but that's fine. We'll get to that next episode. Very sad, gruesome way. And she, she drove like a Volvo. Yeah, like like she had really like nice car. Yeah, a really nice Volvo. She had right. a really like, relatively speaking, an expensive car. Yeah, and she lived in this expensive house, and she was just an alcoholic. So I did. She had. Really... Not only did she have a chair facing the window, but it was like up on a stage. Like she had a step yeah, it was up, like a platform. Her... Yes, a platform for her to just sit on and look out the window. Look, no judgment though, because. No, I love that. I love that for her. You know what I mean? Like I have like a rocking chair on the, on the porch and I will just yeah. watch the town forever, you know? But anyway, so she's sitting there, she has her like opening little monologue talking over about how her husband divorced her. And she's like drinking all this wine while having these peas on her hands. And I'm like, okay, so this woman is obviously troubled, but that's okay. And then, so another mind hunter connection though, is that she goes outside so she, she's like, oh shoot. She sees like everybody like getting ready for school. And she's like, Elizabeth, we got to go to school. We're going to be late. She's like rushing. She goes out in her pajamas and she's like, good morning, Buell. And Buell is the guy from Mindhunter, the freaking serial killer that they are the real life, you know, Ed Gein. Uh, is it Ed Gein or is it Ed? Uh, Ed Kemper. Ed Kemper. I knew it was a different Ed. Um, I knew it. He's going to fix the mailbox or whatever. And he's just like a handyman, which like she obviously knows him. That's fine. Whatever. And then she gets to the school and they're all like, oh, are you okay? Oh, whatever. And it's like real creepy. And then she decides that she's going to go on this like whatever blind date situation. She gets there. She's getting ready. She goes into her child's bedroom and she's like, you're going to kiss me goodbye. Like, do you think I look pretty enough? You know, like all this stuff. And obviously a child of divorce would have a difficult time with her mother going on a date, probably, except for the fact that this child says, I can't give you a kiss, mommy. I'm dead. I'm not cool with it. Me, I'm, I'm all around not okay. So the thing that really bothered me with that is she again said like, how do I keep forgetting that? Yes. And I don't know if we find it there or like somewhere else. It's, it's been three years. 
Yeah. And she went all the way to school. <clears throat> like I and understand years how later. trauma can like really affect you. And what happened to her daughter was horrifically traumatic. Whew. That but comes up in the next episode, but yeah. You would think that at some point, even if it has been three years, you would, st- I mean, like she had a full conversation with her daughter in her head. Yeah. And then her three daughter, like her daughter in her mind is like playing with toys. She's playing with like a house. Yeah not answering any of her questions and then looks at her and goes, I can't mommy. And she goes, well, why? And she said, because I'm dead. And she goes, why do I keep forgetting that? And I was true. Like I was horrified. I was like, this is, this is, I know it's supposed to be like a comedy, but like, this is not comedic No, (laughs) in any way. So we're just dark. I want to talk about that. So it's going to come up later in another episode, but the way that they handle grief and the way they talk about it is kind of cold. So it comes into my little review in the end here, but I don't like the way that they kind of like poke fun at people grieving in all sorts of ways, forgetting that their loved one is dead and going to talk to them. Like, I don't like that. It pokes fun at it. I know that it's the point of it, but like, damn. So we're going to get to that. And then, so she has this, like another internal monologue where she starts talking, she has this really long past, present, future, present, past, future. Like she keeps going on with these like different things. Yeah. She has a few of these where she's like the risk that you take less of a risk than the risk that you take, not taking the risk and like yeah. repeats herself over and over mm-hmm. again. And it's, I do understand that they're being comical about that. And that's something that we like all have seen on all of these internal monologue things that we've got yeah. in all of these things. And then of course she goes to take a bath, which is my answer to everything. So right. makes perfect sense. And I want that bathtub so bad. I want um, the house. Right. And then she's like getting all these phone calls from her evil neighbor who is so annoying. I hate this neighbor so bad. I don't care. I don't care about her husband, Scott. Okay. I have a soft spot for Scott's. Don't get me wrong, but dang, this the woman can't shut up. The only reason that she wanted her to go on the state is because it looked good for Scott. Yeah. Not because she's three years into a really horrible, tragic situation, but here we go. Because it didn't look good for her husband. While she's in the bathtub, she hears a little, um, a little something, something in In the attic, in the attic, which is no attic monster. No. And then she does the like scary movie thing where she's like dripping with water, walking down the hall and And he's calling hello. Don't do that. That's how you die. just, Just a big no run the other way. We all know that it's dangerous to shower in a, in a horror film. I assume it's the same thing with taking a bath. It's not okay. Water. Don't That's when they water. get you. Yeah. She's, she decides to do all the same thing that things that we were just talking about in the perception thing, which is stalking the neighbors on Instagram, stalking, well, not her neighbor yet. Sorry. Stalking her husband on Instagram. Yes. And I love that for her. You know what I mean? Like that, that oh, yeah. I felt very relatable in that moment. Um, yeah. Stuffing and then, the so she's sitting outside of the, out on the chair again. And then I have, oh, hello, sir. <laughs> Cause this guy goes, he's, he's out there. He's got like, you know, a child. He's attractive. He yeah. Has a child. He's real cute. Doesn't have a wife moving in. Like here we are. And then I said, her poor chair, she is constantly ruining this chair. Um, cause she falls There's like asleep. a whole bottle of red wine on it. When yeah. She, she falls asleep and like the wines on it. And then she like, doesn't it is a white chair. Wine on it. Yes. Yes. White chair. white chair. 
So I want a chair kind of that faces the window. Mm -hmm. That's like, I Mm -hmm. I literally made that comment. Like, well, I think I like that, but I do understand why it's creepy. Neil is the neighbor's name and he gives vibes. Okay. I'm unsure of the vibes at this point in episode one, but vibes. Okay. Yeah. Catching vibes. Um, her friend Sloan, who keeps calling and leaving messages and stuff. She was in a holiday movie that's on Hulu that, um, oh God, Dan Levy was in the new and, one that came out yeah, last year and yeah. Kristen Stewart's in it. Yeah. Um, she's, a, she's the other than Dan Levy, of course, she's the best part of the movie. So it's so funny that, that she was in this. I was like, oh my God, I love this woman. She's so funny. <laughs> I paid attention to something that I'm not sure that anybody else paid attention to. She goes to visit the grave of her daughter. Yeah. Okay. The gravestone says, if love could have saved you, you would live forever. Right. Okay. Which is like a common phrase that people put on gravestones, right? Yeah. You'll find that later in different episodes, the engraving changes. I did not know that. Yeah. So I am super creepy. And when I watched it several times, I was like, that's different. And so obviously they're kind of like cracking a little joke there, but still like, who's noticing that except me? Like, why, why am I, why am I noticing this? But anyway, so if love could save you, you would live forever. Um, also the little girl, the daughter of Neil yeah, gives, gives vibes as well. Also, why is her hair perfect? She's eight with perfect hair. And then I said, and I quote, her eyes are haunting. Anyway, she like is coming there. She's selling chocolate, which is like super innocent. So like, why am I thinking that this girl's creepy? I don't like that. She has perfect hair and she's eight. It's fine. Also. I love that. She wants the chocolate with almonds. Cause that's what I would choose too. And then of course love that evil neighbor, bitch, the evil neighbor. Oh she's a bitch. Yeah. So then she's like, Hey, I'm going to bake you a chicken casserole and bring it to your house. And, um, the casserole dish regenerates. Doctor Who style, and here it is again. And then I'm like, I literally have on here. How is this mofo still working on the mailbox? Like it's taking him a very long time to attach like a flag. Listen, the and when she first walks out of the house and says good morning, Buell, I was like, okay, the mailbox working on the mailbox, cool, cool. Yeah. And then like, what three days later, he's still working on the mailbox. Yeah. And then in all of the episodes, he's working on this goddamn mailbox. Like, how in the world is this happening, and, and why? The whole time I was like. Wh- is there something like terminally wrong with the mailbox? Like, is it time to just get a new mailbox? Should we maybe just ask Buell if there's a different way to fix, like, why are we focusing on the mailbox? This house is huge. I'm sure there's a lot of other things. I was having a hard time with like, you know, sometimes you watch a show and then at the very end, it's like, it was all a dream. Like I was like, no, we are not pulling some Groundhog Day stuff right now. I thought it was going to go that direction, but it didn't. And then like, I, I really was bothered by right. this. So, and that I was like creeped out, not even bothered. I was just like, yes. why is this man constantly working on your mailbox? Is he going to kill her? He's going to kill her. That's what this is going to go. Okay. Yeah. Like there's, that's it. We know it now we can that, tell when somebody's it. freaking murderer. I can just stop. He's going to murder her. It's fine. <clears throat> so no, that's not what happened anyway. So then she's like afraid of the rain in the middle of the road. She drops the freaking casserole dish, chicken I casserole everywhere. That was a thing. I didn't either. And with, as somebody with a lot of phobias, I was like, please do not, I do not need another one. I don't need another fear unlocked. No, like no straight up passes out because of her fear of rain. It's it's terrifying. So now it's a whole 
situation. I have on here, Emma saw the whole thing and did nothing. The vibes clock. Oh, so yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So when she's crossing, wait, was it when she was crossing? Yeah. She saw it. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah. And then she somehow gets, she drops it and then she runs back in. Am I correct about that? She doesn't pass out the first time. She's just hyperventilating in the middle of the road. She drops it and then runs back into the, into the house. I see. Like I probably should have, man, I should have put, I should have taken better times because I feel like she passes out and Neil comes out and, and helps her. Yeah. But I think that's in the next episode because that's when he was like, or that's when she was like, Oh, Oh, wait. Yeah. She must. Yeah. She must do this. Okay. Yes. And then I put, um, no attic. No, no. I don't like that. Oh, cause she goes into the attic. She goes into the attic and starts flickering lights. And I was like, no, 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 no. Because she so hears something. Yes. And then I was like, not a fan of flickering lights or birds WTF because the bird comes flying and like, no birds breaks her out. No, thank you. Why is your window open up in the attic? Just like chilling open. No birds Just asking for birds and squirrels to live Listen, in that attic. This is why I don't like addicts. I don't like anything about this whole and- situation. <laughs> so then I was like, oh no, mm-hmm. she's watching him work out. Oh my gosh. I said, this gives creep vibes. And then, she, and then I said, oh, okay. This is imagination and hallucination station because she imagines a very, uh, rated R promiscuous. Yes. A rated R situation on that chair. And then, so here's the thing though, along with her booze, she's also, her therapist has prescribed her a lot of antipsychotics. Yes. So she's mixing drugs wine, and alcohol. Wine and antipsychotics. Yes. God knows what. Yeah. Yikes. I said, oh my gosh, the same dish the third the one. Day. So it's the third, it's the third dish that she's has the same exact one the next day. And there's Buell again, freaking fixing the fixing the mailbox. mailbox. And then he like, he's like, Oh, do you want to join us for dinner? Neil goes like, Oh yeah. You want to join us for dinner? And she's like, and he's like, do you like wine? And she's like, yeah, I, I like wine. Oh, Oh, she likes wine. Yeah. Sorry, sir. She is an alcoholic. And then the creepy scene where they're all just laughing at dinner. All the, the like child hardcore laughing and both of the adults are laughing so hard and it's extra creepy. Let me tell you when that happened, my thought was what the hell could have made an eight year old laugh that much that two adults also thought was funny. Yes. There's just not. Mm-mm. So no. giant wine glasses. I also made a comment about that. Uh, a pretty good duck picture made by Emma, yes. the, the little yeah. girl. I thought it was pretty talented. Listen for um, eight. She could draw a duck. Yeah. I can't and draw a duck. I'm 30. And I said that she's the child is demanding. She's like, she's kind of a bitch. I want you to read to me now, daddy. And he's like, I got to clean up from dinner. I didn't love that. Um, she so was then, like unacceptable. Right. And Anna goes to read her a book, whatever. And then she they, I'm like, what is this unnatural hand touching? So Neil washes the thing and they're like grazing hands awkwardly. And then, of course, she freaking drops it. I said, how many times is she going to drop this dish? Okay, stop. She drops it and walks out. Yeah. She drops it and then she's like, gotta they, go. Bye. They have weird okay. hand touching situation after she drops it. And then she's like, peace easy. Gotta go. No. Like, who doesn't stay to cl- You dropped your own dish. Clean right. it up. And she, I said, she has even more. So she like goes and she's like doing more with these dishes. And then she's reading a book and it's the woman across the lake. <laughs> yes. I saw that. I and then that. of course the Instagram creep fest. 
So that's episode yes. one. So of course we were laying the groundwork here. So now we can kind of move through pretty quickly. Episode two, I have, I take issue with the fact that everybody's hair looks good all of the time. Yeah. Even when she's soaking wet, like her hair still looks fun. Her like, hair is perfect. What? Okay. I mean, like also to be fair, this is like a show I know. and I did notice a lot of the times when it was raining and she was like out in the rain, her clothes were always different different wetness levels yes, yes. <laughs> like sometimes saturation her levels yeah. yeah like sometimes it was fully wet sometimes it was like chest up just a little sometimes dry it yeah. was like just on the back like it was <laughs> and she's like laying first down in water she's in the right. middle of the street after like a huge rainfall also it rains wherever the hell they are it rains constantly and weirdly <laughs> it's like all of a sudden it's happening this is it episode two I, I was mad about the hair. And then I said back at it in the attic because she goes up there to get the markers for the little girl, which she was like going to yeah. give her a different marker. You know, also, I said the theme music for this is the worst. Did you notice what it was? It's it a rain, rain, like, go away. child song, you know, cha- child song, rain, rain, go away. But in the creepiest, it's like, ding, ding. It's like ding, horror movie. Ding. Ding. I'm like, yeah. oh, no, 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 no. Thank you. So here's the funny thing. I know, again, this is supposed to be like a dark comedy. Like, it's a funny. I was, as soon as that started playing, I was like, I'm yeah. out. No, I'm a little I creeped. Do and this. we don't like, there's a difference between like true crime and procedurals and thriller and scary movies, like horror movies. I can't do horror yeah. movies. I can do a no. true crime documentary all day, watch real life horror, and I cannot watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No. I can't. No. So it starts with a new lady walking in in episode two, and she is dressed as a uh, flight attendant. And she's like, oh my God, you must be Anna. And Anna's like, what? She's like trying to drop off markers. I literally wrote, who is this bitch? Of course, she is the dude's girlfriend. Of course, we have to throw it off on its side here a little bit. Group hug, all this stuff with the kid. And it's yeah. so creepy. So she goes it's home so gross. and has wine for breakfast, which like, again, this. I feel you. Yep. Um, We've all been there. We have all been there. And then I just like want to talk about Pennsylvania not having alcohol in their grocery stores. Okay. Like I want to be able to shop grocery shop and get my alcohol at the same time and not be judged. And the of times that I think of that. Yeah. Unreal. And this is happening in this. And I'm like, I am just so jealous of every other freaking state. Anyway, this neighbor, of course, is just like, what does she even do other than watch her evidently? Because she's like, she's an alcoholic. You know, she's an alcoholic. She's like, you know, gossiping to somebody else. It's just terrible. She rolls up after grocery shopping and that that woman, I don't even, I don't remember her name. um, Lisa. Lisa was throwing away the markers and she was like, "Mm, they just have a little smell. And my favorite part of that is she like walks away and she's like, (laughs) bitch and she's like i'm excuse me what and she's like what i didn't say anything what i never what so she like pretends that she runs her over and i thought for a second that it was real and i had a moment so one of the things that i really will say about this is they did the hallucinations really well (gasps) that it was really hard for me to tell like until she came to it was difficult for me to tell if it was real or not right and that Um, was my problem with buell i was like is all hallucination is he dead too Like, I don't love that. I, and I thought I, that was the other thing. So I was like, okay, so she's, he's not going to kill her because I would have happened already, but is he also maybe dead because he keeps doing the same thing. He is constantly fixing the mailbox. Right. 
So if like the little girl's always playing with her toys and he's always yeah. fixing the mailbox, like mm, cuckoo. He did. So generally we can move through a little bit. The wine bottle pour we talked about while she was having therapy on the phone. The Beautiful. wine bottle, you pour the wine bottle, you put the phone on top of the wine glass, and then you take another bottle in to sit at this chair. And it's hilarious. She then delves into how her daughter died, which was massacre Mike because it was take your daughter to work day. So you're a real killer take your daughter to work day. And her husband is doing this like FBI, FBI, like kind of psycho exam, whatever. Yeah. Um, and he's like, she's like, oh, I'll take her out of work because she doesn't work and it doesn't work. Right. Or like she worked from home or something. And right. she was like, that's not going to be fun for our daughter. And he takes her and he's, he leaves her alone in a room with a known cannibal. Right. And the thing is, is that it doesn't even happen in this episode that we know that <laughs> she gets murdered and eaten, but I literally like write worse. I literally wrote in here before I even knew that this was happening. I was like, Massacre Mike ate her, didn't he? And then I was like, oh, no, shit, he did. Oh, God. As soon as so, it came up, I was like, oh, he ate her. Oh, and it's like, oh, so no. it's like a little outlandish, you know, a little wild for that to a be bit. a thing. And but now also she's again terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So she gets off of the call for therapy. She's looking out and watching this woman work out. She loves watching people work out. Evidently, she's like on this super shaky Peloton. And then her friend pops up in the window. Just like, Hi. Sloan. You're Sloan. Well, because she said, you know, uh, Anna wasn't answering Sloan's fo- uh, phone calls. Right. And Sloan said, like, listen, you know, I'm not I'm not concerned, but I am concerned. And if you don't start answering your phone, I'm just going to pop up. And she yep. literally is like, hey. And on that same voicemail, she says, I hate myself. I love you, which is the funniest thing I've ever heard. In I my feel life. that deeply. So then she like starts, of course, spiraling like she's Instagram creeping on Lisa. And now she sees that this guy is liking everything. And how do you take a selfie while laughing? And like all that, like she just keeps spiraling out. Which is my favorite thing. She's like, how do you take it? And then she tries to take a selfie. She's laughing. Laugh or this is just not. And then she's like, do you know what the eggplant emoji means to Sloan? And she's like, yes, like I do. So generally I just like Sloan as a character. Cause she's just seems like she's the only one that's like kind of normal in Anna's life. And yeah. at this point she like goes to grab the wine to like walk into the other room and Sloan just takes it and goes, no. And just draw, like, just like sets it down. And she's like, okay, fair enough. And then she starts painting because Sloan is trying, she's, she's trying to yeah. like, you know, you'd have to watch it to like know all this little stuff. I'm not going to explain every piece, but she's like trying to inspire her and she starts on the wagon. Yeah. And that's how she meets Neil is because he like is worried about the flowers outside of her door and just like pops in. He's like, these are your flowers. And she's like, oh, thank you so much. And she's like, he's like, oh, these aren't for me. Um, (laughs) But then she starts like stabbing. She's painting with a knife, which like, I don't, I'm not a painter. So I have no idea. A palette knife. I mean, like, I don't thing. know I've seen works. it. Yeah. But then she starts stabbing. <laughs> I'm not stabbing. a painter either, but I do know it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely stabbing it. And also the painting does not start in any way, the way that it ends up. I don't know if you no, noticed this. It's very annoying to me. I did notice that. Continuity like, wise. This is a mess. Well, and I think, I think that was, I think that was purposeful. Um, Cause I think it was a little bit of a hallucination. Right. Which comes about a little bit later. But anyway, yeah. so she's stabbing the fucking painting and just like going ham. Um, and then of course the neighbor 
shows up. Buell is still working on the mailbox. She starts losing her mind, comes out with the knife, is really mad. And she goes to visit the grave again. And then she has this like long, I don't know, monologue to her daughter, right? Yeah. And she says all these similes. She's like, I'm falling apart. Like a house of cards. Like a sandcastle. I don't know. Like a rickety chair or like the bridge that collapsed on blah, blah, blah. Or or the bridge that collapsed on the other one. I I don't know. It's like this very dramatic, you know. So that was super funny. And then. I was like, oh, shit, it gonna rain. Okay, so like while she's there. And now the headstone says, in heaven, you can dance like no one's watching. <laughs> I, okay, so they so progressively I get weirder. They progress- progressively get weirder. Just wait until you get to the last one. This is and so then, weird. of course, she decides she's creeping. She sees the guy that's liking all of Lisa's posts and decides that she needs to take, take a bunch of sexy pics, put them all on an Instagram, and then follow him and he's going to follow her back insta yes so she's taking pictures while laughing all that stuff yeah then she's she dumps the wine and i'm like oh no what a waste because she's distracted because what does she see she sees that bitch getting stabbed (laughs) oh god that's right so she sees lisa getting stabbed in the neck in the neck and the wine is just pouring everywhere Mm -hmm. And now she's calling the cops. She's like slurring her word. She says her address, then that address. And then she runs out. Of course, it's raining. She's running out to like try to help. And she's laying in the middle of the road. My question at the very end of that episode was how will the cops get there if you're just in the middle of the road? So moving on, she gets moved somehow. Yeah. So I was like, why are the cops acting weird? And then I was like, oh no, there's this wine. Then where's the blood and the body if this person was getting murdered? So I was like, oh no, what if she's just having another hallucination? Right. And then I was like, I'm sorry, no amount of wine or pills could make me hallucinate something that particular. So they said she flew to Seattle last night. You totally imagined it. You can't, do you want to be charged with a false report? Which like, how can you charge somebody who's obviously like, I don't know. It was obvious. Like it's very issues troubled and she's wrong. Yes. Or like, there's something wrong with her. Like, what are you doing? And it just seems so strange. Like people are blaming grief on it. And I'm like, okay, that's mm, yeah. Well, cause I, that, I mean, truly like that's what people do, which is <clears throat> a mess in and of itself. Right. And then, um, I just put some cute breaking and entering content. So she decides she's going to take it upon herself. She's going to figure this out. And she goes, she breaks and enters into their house a little um, but she does this by breaking her own light and uh buell has this like whole dead raccoon speech because she's distracting buell so she can run across the street without him seeing and i just thought that was like the funniest thing and then buell had just has a lock picking kit on him naturally so that's fine she steals that goes there why does she know how to do this so easily like it's literally the most insane so- shit what I do appreciate is that she really, she was like, how the hell do I do this? Cause she didn't know how to pick a lock. Right. And then magically she's nice able to, because I was like, okay, you thought you knew what you were doing and, yeah. and you didn't. So, and then how does she remember somebody's earrings so well? She finds Lisa's earring on the ground. Like, and then she like imag- magically imagines that the time her. that she met her. I would I never remember that. I don't even remember people's names when I first meet them. Right. It's so hard. Your earrings. And then. Like I just said, shit's unraveling. She goes to group therapy after that. 
Also, I am loving all of the turtleneck vibes that she's giving during this Love entire it. time. The style, this turtleneck Love when it. she goes to group therapy is like color block tans. It's so cute. That's a whole oh, different gosh. situation. Anyway, so she lies to her therapist. She goes to this group therapy. And then this is where I started getting a little upset. I said, this is sort of dark in the grief idea. And I know most of it is sort of making fun and all of that, but it's kind of unfortunate that's also making a little bit of fun of people doing therapy and trying to find help. And yeah. I didn't, I just didn't like that part of it, but yeah. struggling isn't a joke, you know? And that's like, that's the scary part that like, I mean, you can't get offended by everything, but like that one, I was like, I don't know. I really don't love that part. Right. Um, right. But then she like sees this grief retreat thing. She tries to go on this and then she finds out something very interesting. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. She finds out that the flights don't go to the West. <clears throat> the airline that Lisa works for. Yes, the airline that Lisa works for doesn't go to the West Coast, so she can't possibly be in Seattle. And then that, like, sassy guy who works at the desk was like, do you need more geography lessons? Because Seattle's in the West Coast, so we don't go to Seattle. I loved him. She didn't even go on her trip. She just went back to the police and was talking to this lady. And then the lady was like, actually... I was a junior detective on the massacre Mike thing and I almost killed him in the thing. Like, and he's creepy on in every single way possible. Every, every moment, every and moment of his life. He's getting like a polygraph done and he's yeah. like creepy as hell. And even the polygraph guy is really creepy. He comes back again later. I don't like it. I hate him. Yeah. I hate the polygraph guy. I, like I, he's like, Oh, this is your first time doing this. We're all just going to roll. Like, no. And then this lady just like says this shit. She's like, and he killed and ate your daughter. So like, that no. must have been really rough on you. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. I mean, a little bit. Yeah. My, my daughter is eaten. And then she has a thing on her car that's like, you're next Um, if you don't stop sneaking around. So I'm like, yeah. that's creepy. And then she keeps on saying the word bingo. And so it's real weird. She has a whole directory. She calls. She's trying to get information on Lisa and this guy, Sexy Rexy. Um, love sexy Rexy. Love that for him. I, I love him later when he pops in. Cause he does. I like him. You know, he's a nice guy anyway. So, um, she needs a checkbook for 50 bucks for one box of chocolates because she finally Which comes in with her almond ones. Bonkers. Yeah. And then she gives her, I said, <laughs> is this, is she giving this woman, this little girl, a nanny cam? That's what I thought. So she gives her a duck, with, a stuffed yeah. duck. And I was like, definitely an Annie Cam. There's no doubt yeah, about it. She's no trying way. to watch inside of that house. And then, of course, it seems it seems as though she does not. And uh, she finds out that the wife dies by drowning, and our boy Neil was a suspect. Dun dun, freaking done. So episode four starts. We're just zooming through because it ends on this like big cliffhanger. Um, they kind of give this like possibility of what could have happened which like he got super pissed off. He's full of rage all the time. And he just pushes his pregnant wife who into the swim. water who can't she swim can't into swim. a lake. And the lake doesn't seem that deep, but like that's neither here nor there. And she drowns well, immediately. Instantly. So that was also like, she I, like, I, did she have weights as well? as like know. the 15 pounds that she gained with her child. Like what happened there? Because right. you have a certain amount of fat on your body. that's going to help you float. Right. And the way that they did it, she was flailing on her back and then she was drowned. That was it. It was over. And I was like, this, this feels, I get it. I understand that they were going for like, she drowned. Mm-hmm. Um, but some, something is very wrong. So then she carries on with bingo. Bingo. 
bingo. Every time she finds something on Lisa or Sexy Rexy or anything, she just keeps saying bingo. bingo. So she does more Instagram creeping. She zooms in on the wife's sister's address from a people magazine with like Blake Shelton as the people's sexiest man. It was like the most insane thing, almost as insane as Blake Shelton being people's sexiest man alive. No, thank you. Anyway, she like finds she's bingoing all over. And then of course she's pulling out of her driveway. Okay. This is like the worst. Buell walks up, scares the shit out of her with a dead raccoon. And then Found like two it. seconds later, he's like, he's like, smells pretty loud. Doesn't it? Miss Anna. Oh God. Like, yeah. It's a dead raccoon. Buell. <laughs> it's like, uh, I cracked the case. <laughs> um, and then Sloan, her friend just walks up to her window too. Why do people think that it's okay to walk up to a moving car? What are you doing? I don't know, but don't do that. Yeah. That scares me. World? I don't, don't like I, it. I startle easily. Stop it. So she lies to her friend. Uh, she's going to another support group. Meanwhile, she's going to find the wife's sister, Neil's wife who died sister to ask questions. And she has another freaking casserole, another casserole. I can't take it. Same dish, the same dish, same, dish. same casserole, same dish. It's what the fourth one, the fifth one. I don't even know. I lost count four or five. Yeah. So she's like interviewing the sister, like nebbing around. And then the sister kind of alludes to the fact that the kid's teacher died on a field trip mm-hmm. two weeks after her mom died. So it's like, Whoa, okay. Anna goes to the school and just like acts like she's going to put her daughter in this school. And the principal or whoever is down there, guidance counselor is like standing there and like talking to her about it. And then this is my life. This kid walks up and he's like, I have a stomach ache. And he's like, okay, what do you, what do you want to do? Did you go to the nurse? And she's, he's like, she doesn't believe me. And he's like, okay. She, she doesn't think it actually hurts. Well, does it hurt? Well, it's sometimes like, it's just like, like, I don't know. The kid interrupts the adult speaking about something bonkers. And then he starts like digging into the candy dish and like taking the stuff from the office. I mean, it's so funny. And this woman just walks into the school like it's okay. Cannot do that. He said, the principal said, well, does your stomach hurt? And the kid goes, I don't know. (laughs) Does sometimes. Bro. It's hurt at one point. Does it hurt now? Oh Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. And then of course, so she like. Here's that the woman died at the lighthouse. So she goes to the lighthouse and she's chit-chatting with a weird dude that played the devil guy in The Good Place, which Kristen Bell starred in as well. So it's like a lot of these people are coming together here. But he's like, are you with the... Are you reporting this? Why aren't you recording it then? And she's like, okay. And she like gets her phone out and she's recording him. And and he literally does not know anything. So it's like, that's good. Um... (laughs) So she's upset. And then she sees this woman taking pictures of the classes. And she's like, do you have all of the pictures? And she's like, no, I sell them to the school. And then she's like, but I have the negatives. So she goes with this creepy woman taking pictures. Which again, kids. Right. Don't do this. No. And learn from Anna's mistakes. And then like, what are the chances that they find that negative? And she figures out that what's his face was on. Neil was on this field trip. Right. So then it gets even weirder. She goes back home and she 
has her little casserole dish that she took from the sister's house. She didn't, she didn't drop this one yet. Yeah. The sister was and, like, don't you want your casserole? And she's like, oh, right. Like, oh, right. cause I this is like that I brought not that. the only dish that she has. So she starts, I mean, they have this like theory of how the teacher could have fallen off the cliff or fallen off of the lighthouse, which is yeah. like the theory that like Neil was trying to get wild with her and then shoved her off of there or whatever. It's like this whole theory, you know, she thinks that he's the murderer. So she is following him to this back alley area. And he's like, are you seriously following me? Like, what are you doing? And he has like all these um, scars and she's like, well, where'd you get that scar? Where'd you get that scar? And he's like, he says one, he's like, I gave my brother a kidney and it didn't take and he died. Do you want to go over every tragedy in my whole life? And then she's like, I'm sorry. I really want to believe you, but I need to check the bag. And then it's, it's a ventriloquist dummy. It's a ventriloquist dummy in there. He like does it for fun. And then of course we get left off on another big cliffhanger. At the very end, she's like, oh my God, I'm an idiot. I feel so bad, whatever. She pulls into her, her driveway. She goes to her door and who's behind her, but sexy Rexy. Rexy. Also, we didn't like in this time frame, she has also used her ex-husband's credentials. Yes. To run background checks on Lisa and sexy Rexy. Yes. Which like, she she's a the whole damn directory. On. And then she yeah. like takes mm-hmm. his number or whatever, his, his ID like, number. number. Yeah. yeah. And just like, yeah. come on now. No. And everyone's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And gives it to her. And they didn't find anything on Lisa, but, but they did find a little something, something on that sexy Rexy. Yes. Moving on to episode five. We're moving at a decent clip. There are only eight episodes. We only have uh, four episodes to go through. Um, So episode five, he comes in, he's basically holding her up in her house and he's asking her a ton of questions. And this texting scene is so freaking funny. He's like, is is your husband coming? Is he coming home? And she's like, yeah, any minute. Meanwhile, we know he's not. And He's like, text him, text him right now and say that you need something from the store. She's like, what do I say that I need? And he's like, "Uh, a bread. Bread. And then of course the husband is like, why are you tech? What? This is so weird. And he's like, wait, why does he think it's weird? What what's going on? She's like, I'm on this low carb diet. Um, and he knows that it's weird. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna like ask for bread, it's something must be wrong. So then like, she's saying all these things and he's like, you know, going a little wild. And he's like, is chastity here? Lisa, chastity, whatever. And like, She's like, Chastity, who the hell's Chastity? And he's like, Lisa. And she's like, she's not here. And I think she was murdered. And he's like, she wasn't murdered. She just texted me. Yes. So that's something that we got to, we got to at the end. So it's like super funny. The whole thing has been so weird and funny. He's so strange. And then of course the cops freaking show up and he hides in the pantry. So she's helping him hide. And also he threatens to kill her daughter. And she's like, she jokes on you, buddy. So the only detective in the world apparently shows up again. The only one in the city. And she's like just chit-chatting with her. They um they're like ask for casserole. It's a whole thing. Yeah. They ask for casserole and coffee, and it's super weird. But then Sexy Rexy explains that he's a stripper and Lisa slash Chastity was a bartender and they're con mm-hmm. artists. They're going to money from all these people and from old people that have recently lost a spouse. Right. Yeah. So it's like she has a theme here. She's doing this. She's obviously right. a con artist. 
and they're trying to get this money and whatever. The husband shows up for real and he's like, is everything okay? And she's like, oh yeah, like it's fine. It's one bread and (laughs) and it was going to rain. And like, she like makes up an excuse and he's just like trying to be nice. And he like is kind of flirting with her. And I'm like, oh, okay. So they're on good terms. It seems yeah, at least mostly. And I'm like, that's at least a good thing. Like this is cute. Dude is creeping around her house and goes to the daughter's room. Then it like does the flashback to take your daughter to work day. And she's the reason why her daughter went to work yeah. with her, with the uh, dad. And it was raining that day. So that's just why she's horrified of the rain. Yes. Yeah. That kind of clarifies that a little bit. Um, And then like, he's like, I never would have hurt your daughter. Like he like starts showing the soft side. Sexy Rexy has a. You know, he, side. he did, he, he did good. They're just doing it like in front of the open door where everybody can see them. They struggle for a very long time with her shirt and then they just keep doing it everywhere. The shower, the stairs, the literally uh, shower everywhere. again, <laughs> the window seat, the kitchen Island. And then they end up in bed. Like, man, it was a marathon style situation. It was just a lot. Well, because she was like, I haven't been touched in a really long time. And, and then like, got it. Happened. <laughs> yeah. So and then, of course, ending again with a major cliffhanger is, oh, shit, there's Lisa's body. They found it like they um, they are showing the dog finding yeah, this like body and barking. Yeah. yeah. Sexy Rexy stays over. We're in episode six now. We're in the next episode. He stays over and she wakes up and she's like, oh shit, I definitely hallucinated again. He doesn't even exist. Meanwhile, he is downstairs cooking breakfast. And I'm pretty sure nothing else but an apron. Yes, nothing else but an apron. His full ass is out. Cute caboose. And yeah, yeah, and he's making French omelets and he's like slow yeah. and low. And she's like, is that the only thing? And he's like super stupid. So it's like hard. It's, it's, it's a rough time. It's like a meal that isn't a casserole though. That's, I was very excited for her. Um, and then of course the detective, the only detective in town shows up again and they're like, come out here, wait. And then everybody rushes in and brings out sexy Rexy and says he murdered her for sure. Yeah. And he would have done it to you. And then I just had a comment that said, LOL, his butt. And then I have Buell just chilling. Buell's out there fixing a thing. Fixing the mailbox. Just every single day, all day. It's his only skill. And of course, her judgy neighbors are standing out there like, whoa, she had sex with a murderer, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, the wine for breakfast. There she goes again. But then she's like, I have to make a change. I slept with a murderer. It's time to stop this. Right. She dumps them all out. Every wine bottle, all of the pills, everything. just sad. Wasteful for the wine. Because here's the thing. You could probably take those back. And she's not working. Like, come on, lady. Anyway, then a very unrealistic part, which was one of my favorite parts, which is uh, she has a book that's... um, reupholstery for like dummies basically yes. and she reupholsters the chair in an afternoon and then she goes and gets a mani petty with her creepy friend who just shows up at the window again just boundaries are not no her boundaries. boundaries it's yeah. okay it's fine so they go to this really fancy 
Manny Petty and they like they are dressed fancy like she was in overalls yeah. in one second and then the next second she was wearing this like really nice like gown thing and I'm like what in the world they chit chat like kind of like a normal like okay things are gonna get back to normal I don't even know what normal, yeah. normal is all stuff she gets home she's like hey Buell can you help me open the door my nails are still wet which why are your nails still wet you don't leave a nail salon until your nails, With are, your dry. nails are what are you doing wet. like what is this so then he nails his hand by accident with the nail gun. Really great handyman. No pun intended. But he doesn't He nails flinch. it. <laughs> I hate you. He na- he he's a handyman that nails it. He just like, oh. he yeah. literally is just like. He's like, huh. Oh. And he just weird. rips the nail out of his hand. And it's just Very like, slowly, which was a lot. He was like, this is so weird. And she was like, don't, don't you feel that at all? And he's like, no. It's fine. Just a scratch, Miss Anna. Yeah. So she takes him in. She fixes it. There's literal like saline going right through his hand. Just a whole He's just like, this is fine. Yeah. So she bandages him up and they're like talking about the daughter and like, oh, Buell, I don't even remember how long ago you got here. Like she's, you've been with us for so long. And then he makes commentary about his mother not being a good mother. And I like to think that that's a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge to Ed Kemper because Ed Kemper murdered his mother. And um, I believe- uh, had sex with the remains. Um, not okay, right? There's a lot, a lot mm-hmm. wrong there. Yeah. So he bleeds right through his bandages and then walks away. He like waves and the bandages are completely bled through. It's great. Of course, she goes to visit the gravesite again with That's a casserole. Naturally. Why would we do anything else but a casserole? In the same dish. The gravestone says, I know you've been waiting for this one. I am, because actually. This, is, this is the final one, I believe. This is it. It says there's no I in heaven. And anyway, so she's like talking. And of course the dad had been there and like got a little stuffy for the little girl. Like it's, it it's, it's sad. Yeah. <clears throat> so it was her birthday. She goes to visit the gravesite, all this stuff. And then of course, Lisa is being, or well, Chastity is being interred on the same day in the same cemetery, evidently, because why would you go to a different one? This town is like four people large. Yes. And of course, who's there but Neil and Emma and they walk up and they're like hey Anna after they treat her like garbage in every single scene then they're like hey Anna do you want to come eat this casserole with us like because she like gives the casserole to the to the daughter to Emma and it's like like, it's super weird she goes home she decides to paint again during a storm it's storming but she's safe inside so it's all okay and then they find a murder weapon her tool that you use to paint yeah, her, her palette knife. knife. So she's painting with a palette knife again, and another palette knife is found, and it has all of the things saying that she is the murderer. So here's here comes that one detective again. <laughs> so she just introduced the guy that she's been working with. She has not introduced him at any point in time. And she's like, this is officer no. whatever. And you're like, really? Just now? And Now that she's a murder suspect? My favorite line in this entire series, <laughs> this entire thing is just this. They said, sexy Rexy had an airtight alibi. Okay. Rex Backy is his name or whatever, his real name. Right. He had an airtight alibi. He was dancing that night. He was stripping. The only thing he slayed was his dance moves <laughs> or was the dance routine. That was, so it was something that I was like, Oh, Oh, did they oh, say that? Oh, we're going to do that. That's where we're we here. are now. Okay. Yeah. We're arresting her. The handcuff. No, not going to give her Miranda rights. Just no. Nope. <laughs> so they arrest her. They take her in the back. They're going to question her or whatever. They go through her house though. 
and she painted a really creepy painting, which is probably the hallucination from before. So a really creepy painting about the perfect family. And it was her, Neil and Emma. Yeah. So it was really creepy. And then, of course, she's getting into the cop car and having like this like murder flashback sort of situation in between this episode and the next episode. She goes into jail and falls asleep and has a dream. It's this same one. Is it? Okay. Mm -hmm. It's like their wedding day. And then really it's like her husband with this woman that she saw on her Instagram and his Instagram. Yeah. Anyway, we're on episode seven. Now we're on the last two episodes. And of course the last one will be our longest episode seven. I have very few notes because all of a sudden she's let out on bail, even though she's like, basically being charged for murder and Sloan pays like a ridiculous amount of money to get her out on bail. She pays half a million dollars. She had to take out a loan on her business. Yes. The guy Neil shows up to her door and is like, stay away from me and Emma. And he flashes in his coat, a gun. Like he's yeah. got a revolver in there. He's like, stay away from us. All stay of a sudden from my he family. like ate dinner with her yesterday. <laughs> and then now yeah. he's stay away from now me. He's like, like, every, wait, wait, wait. Freaking I forgot. Whiplash. So he has a gun and also now there's blood dripping from the attic is what it looks like. Okay. So she's freaking out. She calls her therapist and surprise, surprise. Her therapist is her ex-husband. Exactly. So her ex-husband also in the middle of another appointment in jail. So he's He's like like interviewing a murderer. Yeah. And she's it's like, like, I'm busy. And she's like, I'm freaking out. I think I like, murdered that's somebody. Great, but there's blood in there's a body upstairs. She thinks that she's murdered this woman. Like she really believes that she has now. So the yeah. therapist, her husband, her ex-husband is like, I was married to you. I know you didn't murder anybody. Just yeah. go upstairs, go into the attic. Whatever so, it is, like we'll take it together. Right. So she goes upstairs. She realizes that not only is she, did she not murder anybody? It's paint. That's falling through there, not blood. Now it's still a little suspect because paint was moved and that means that it's falling out of there. And she finds a creepy painting that she made of Lisa slash Chastity riding her Peloton that she stabbed. So multiple times. Yes. So she's like seeing that not the actual murder of Lisa. Then she realizes that somebody's been living in her attic. It was Buell. It was Buell. Buell's been living in her attic. We also came to find out that Buell was, wasn't he a psychopath? Didn't he kill his mom? Murderer. He and killed his entire family with a- Like an ice pick Hammer. A hammer. Yeah. It was a hammer. And like her husband hired him. Yeah, because he had been she rehabilitated. Was like, she was like, what happened with Buell? You never told me about Buell. What's going on? And he was like, well, I didn't want to tell you because I didn't think you'd like it. Um, yeah, he was rehabilitated. So I let him. And she's like, you let a murderer in- he was like, and he was like, yeah, it was just to fix the mailbox. And she was like, it still isn't fixed. Yeah. Which finally I'm like, thank you for yes. saying like, hi, you've been working on this mailbox for five years. Yes. So he killed his entire family. And now she's like real freaked out. And she's like, oh my God, Buell's the murderer or something, you know, because he was able to get his, get her thing. And he was wearing gloves when Buell yeah. brought her inside when she freaked out about the rain, he's the one who brought her inside and he was wearing gloves. And so she was like, he was wearing gloves. That's why my DNA would be on the palette knife. He's right. the one who did it. And then it ends with Buell just casually walking across the street to Neil and Emma's house with a hammer in his hand. 
In the rain. In the rain. And gloves on. So, yeah. That leads us to episode eight, the final episode. And it starts off with, it's. I said, it's raining. Yeah. So, and that's, she has this like, okay. Debilitating Do I need fear. to keep the family alive? Right. Or do I just sit here and, and pass out in the rain again? Like, what do I do? So she's like on the phone with her therapist, ex-husband. She's crawling outside, leaves her phone in the middle of the road. And I just want to um, take note right now, okay, of the fact that remember back in the day when like one glistening drop of rain would hit your phone and the phone would be damaged forever? Yeah. Yeah. She gets across there and I, you know, I said, Buell better not die. I just, because I just was like, I can't do it. Wait, so, my, and hold on. My favorite thing about it as she's crawling, she's like, it's just fucking rain, Anna. Yes. <laughs> like she has rain. to like talk she's herself like into it. Dragging herself through the rain. Like it's just rain. Yeah. Moron. It's just rain. So Why she gets in so the house stupid? though. She gets in the house mm. and sees that Buell, Buell's throat has been slit. And that's why I was like, oh, sh- he better not die. Yeah. And she was like, oh my God, Neil, it's Neil. So she turns around and she hears daddy. No, yeah, because Emma, the nine-year-old is very happily standing there covered in blood. At this point I had text Mary and I was like, was it Buell? It wasn't Buell. Was it, it, it was a child in like all caps. I was like, it's the freaking, are, are you serious? And then of course, like, truly the, the one thing, thing I didn't see coming. Okay. But I got vibes from that girl from the very beginning. I knew that she was Yeah, not but okay. I, I never expected her to actually be the one to kill these people. Right. And then it like flashes back to her doing this sneaky stuff because her mom was pregnant. She didn't want to be us. She didn't want a sibling. So she, she makes it. So her mom falls into the lake and dies. And then it flashes to, she gets mad at the teacher, shoves her off of the lighthouse. It's flashes to her. Um, and like, and Anna's like, how, how did you get my knife? Like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, well, like when you would go and get whatever check, check I went up yeah. and I got your knife because I knew where it was. Like she was like the sneakiest person. And then in her, in her little wagon was all the pieces of Lisa slash chastity. But here's where this falls apart for me. How is this little girl chopping up a body into little pieces and cleaning it all up without her father noticing? I know that like he, <clears throat> she killed her. No. So here's a, here's how she killed Lisa. Sugar is the worst thing that you can put in your body. Lisa would not uh, buy the chocolate because sugar is the worst thing you can put in your body. And then the child comes out with a quippy remark of, I think it's this, and then stabs her in the throat with an actual knife, not the palette knife, a real knife she stabs her with. And then she sets, she plants evidence. She hides a body. She cleans the spot. Like this child is diabolical. Like, this is so, not just any old nine-year-old here. Here's the thing that, like, when it when Anna looked at her and goes, how did you kill it? Like, your dad's yeah. here. And she said, well, he was upstairs in the shower practicing his ventriloquist, like, with the shower running, practicing his ventriloquist act. And at first, I was like, okay, that makes sense. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, you're telling me that you're not going to hear a woman screaming over the shower? Right. This is uh, Legally Blonde all over again. Yeah. I heard screaming. I came downstairs and then she's like, you were showering. I bet you like, 
I bet you he had a you're perm. You're going you know? to hear he had a perm. <laughs> <laughs> he had the perm. Like you're going to hear someone screaming over the shower unless you're in right. the other house. <laughs> so she said his ventriloquist act sucks and that's why I killed him. So there's that. She killed her mother, but like again, is the lake that deep? Very confusing. And the teacher. And she just stabs Anna, just stabs her immediately. Like in the side. Yes. And it was the longest fight scene I have ever mm-hmm. watched in my life. And on top of that, why is a nine-year-old so good at fighting? And, and it's so hard. Like, how are you fighting a nine-year-old? I can't imagine it. As you're bleeding out. And I text Mary and I was like, oh, can you imagine getting your ass kicked by a nine-year-old? That was, that was my favorite thing. I think favorite text I've ever received from Elena. <laughs> As this is going on, I'm like, are you, like, I get it. She's a little weak. She just got stabbed and then she gets shot right. in the shoulder. Like, I get it. She's a little weak. She's bleeding out, but she's nine years old. You, you're telling me you can't take a nine-year-old. And then she's like looking all over the place. Like Anna's trying to look for the gun because she knows that the dude has a gun. Yeah. And she's like, are you looking for this? And then shoots her. Yeah, shoots in her the, like shoulder. shoulder. So and, like, and she's like running away and this little girl's like, oh, so stupid. And like, yeah. what are you talking about? How are you? She goes into the kitchen. By she goes into the kitchen and gets the casserole dish. And she goes, and your casserole sucks. Tastes like shit or something like that. Like she says yeah. like something terrible. Throws it on the ground. Super dramatic. Throws it on her head. Yeah. On Anna's head. So another cracked casserole dish. I said, this crazy like ass toddler. And then I was like, come on, Dougie, because Doug Douglas is her ex-husband who's like, here's that something is going on because of the, he's like freaked out because she knows she's afraid of the rain and she's outside. So she like stopped saying anything and she was losing her mind. Right. So he's like rushing to get to her. And uh, Douglas walks in at like the exact moment when Anna's like coming back and like, the little girl calls the cops and is like, my neighbor, my crazy neighbor killed my daddy. And I think she's going to kill me. And I think I might've killed her in self-defense. Yeah. And uh, Anna has to stab a nine-year-old in the heart with, with a piece of casserole dish in the heart. And just Douglas walks in as he's and he's just like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Stay with me. Like wh- what? There's a nine-year-old on top of her. That's literally ruining her life. And thank goodness he shows up because otherwise that could have looked bad. Dude's like, it's cool. This child is dead and we're just going to take care of it. She's in the hospital at this point. Okay. Every person walks in and says, and she goes, oh, these, the flowers are beautiful. And then they say, how's the patient? And she says, I feel like I'm hit by a Mack truck driven by a nine-year-old. And then they apologize. Whatever person walks in. So the first person walks in, it's the detective. The only detective. The only only detective detective in in the whole city. Walks in. Or no, wait, sorry. Not the detective. The first person that walks in is her ex-husband. It's Douglas, right. Yes. So Douglas walks in and he's like, Buell's alive. It's okay. And he says all these things anyway. And they like have a moment where like, do you think maybe we could be be together again? And then like doesn't work. And it's like kind of weird. And then uh, the detective comes Mm -hmm. and she's like, at the end, she goes, call me Becky. Becky, yeah. her bestie. Okay. Bex. Hey. What's it doing? Um, she says, hit like a Mack truck, all the stuff. What? No, it had to have been the detective first. The detective had to come in first. Then Douglas. It was, yeah. So it was the detective and then Douglas because the nurse comes in and there's like this right. really awkward silence and they're just yes. like. And then he says, 
he says like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have given you all of those prescriptions. I probably could have just given you like Wellbutrin, but I gave Wellbutrin you like or Zoloft, a bunch of, which are the two things that I was on. And yes, I was like, like a right. bunch of like psychotropics instead. And like, okay, let's, let's not. And then I also asked this question because it really infuriates me. How are these people leaving work in the middle of the day? Just like popping in. I don't get that freedom. I don't understand <laughs> anyway, but everyone's still working from home. Right. And then the neighbor Carol. shows up, Carol shows up and gives her flowers in the most awkward way. And of course now she's like, okay. So, and also at one point she tells the detective why she paints flowers. And it's like, because she, when she was pregnant and she had to be bedridden, she saw flowers and she was like, they're just so pretty. Like, okay. It was so like, it was kind of sweet because yeah. she like, Douglas had brought her flowers. She had to be bedridden because like she was bleeding or something. Right. And she was bedridden for like five months yeah like she was so there like, forever I think and it then, was a, maybe like the last three months yeah but still a long time still like too Douglas long. and Buell yeah made her that easel where she could do it in bed so she didn't have to move right and I was like this is really cute like this is so sweet. like flowers are very specific she's like really yeah. loves every flower she's like they're so beautiful they're so beautiful she gets back home and immediately starts freaking cooking a chicken casserole again in the same goddamn dish and brings up some tabule in the mm-hmm. attic as he's stuffing a raccoon and making a lamp out of it. He said, I'm going to make it a lamp. And then turns it on and his eyes, like the raccoon's eyes glow. And Anna goes, huh? uh-huh. yeah, it's good. <laughs> great. You're doing great. Buell. So I was like, why do I still feel like Buell couldn't murder anyone even when he turns this raccoon into a lamp? Like, what is wrong with my judgment that I'm okay with that? Yeah, I was fine with that. But you know what? I had a thought of like, why is he still living in the attic? Yeah, they're just There's like- no way they're... that was only a two-bedroom house. That house is huge. Right, and she's just cool with it. It's fine. Now, yeah, like, it's fine. So she does a painting and she puts it in the gallery that her friend has and they like have a show- and her painting gets sold. Oh, man. And then who turns the corner but her husband and the Dougie. woman that was in the Instagram. So Dougie, hey, buddy. And he, like, shows up. And, of course, he's the one that bought the painting. And she's, like, really super awkward around this woman. And the woman is just his coworker. He was like, oh, she was, like, assigned to me. I don't know. I think it's still weirdly close. It's weirdly close. But she was like, so how did you guys meet? And he was like, wait, what? She's my partner. Yeah. And she goes, oh, okay. So now all of a sudden he's like, can I walk you to your car? Whatever. So she goes out there and it starts raining and he's like, get back in. It's okay. And she's like, I think I'm okay. Like, yeah, you're cured. You're freaking cured of everything right now. And you're all to be cured. They're, they're back together. They like kiss and make up and all that stuff. They're back together. And Mm -hmm. one year later shows up on the screen and she has another baby. He's, he's watching the baby while she's going on a trip to see Sloan because Sloan got a new job in New York. And again, a fabulous turtleneck. Okay. Beautiful. Um, so she's like telling him all the things that he needs to do for the baby. And he's like, yeah, I've already done this, but like you took one to a serial killer. Okay. Like I don't trust you with this baby, but that's fine. And she's like really nervous about flying. And she's like, he's like, you have your Xanax prescription. If you need it, let's stop prescribing her pills. Let's let's stop. Okay. Have we not, have we not figured this out? She hallucinated that she murdered. I simply cannot. So she gets on the plane. She's like in like first class, it looks like. And they're like offering her wine. And she's like, I don't drink wine anymore. And then she's like, I'll have a vodka. <laughs> it's like, so, oh, oh. <laughs> okay, there it is. 
So she gets the vodka, whatever. She immediately takes her Xanax with vodka. Her book is called The Girl on the Cruise now. It's a different book or maybe the same one as far as I'm concerned. Um, And then a woman says, like, you're in my seat and gets in next to her, this creepy older woman. And she takes off her sunglasses and it's Glenn Close, I think. So, okay, so Glenn Close sits next to her, creepy, mysterious, old, older woman. And she's like, oh, you know, like, what are you going to New York for? And she was like, business. Um, Is it stealing puppies, Glenn? Is it stealing some Dalmatian puppies? Because it had to have been. It's the only option. Because that's your business as far as I'm concerned. It is the only option. Glenn. So Glenny. Oh, poor Gwen probably thinks you're talking to her. Um, So then she like wakes up four mini vodkas next to her. Great. Good job. We're doing great. And she's like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Also, um, the guy who plays the flight attendant attendant is the Dean from community. If you watched community, that Mm -hmm. is, that is the Dean. Okay. Like, and she goes to the bathroom and opens up the door and the old woman, older woman, Glenn close is murdered. Okay. She's dead in the bathroom and she closes the door and she's freaking out. She's like, Oh my God, she's in the bathroom. She's dead. The woman who was sitting in whatever seat a, and he's like, there was no woman in seat a, and he opens up the bathroom door and there's nobody there. And she's then, like, no, he was there. I promise she was there. Yeah. And she's like freaking out. And then she goes to sit back in her seat and she's like, am I a fucking crazy person? And oh, she finds this like pocketbook. Like, yeah, like, um, I, I have one, I think, but it was like, it's like a thing that people used to keep their cigarettes in, I think, but it was made into like a compact situation. And then she says, bingo. Bingo. Also, that is a, um, a callback to a book. Oh my gosh. I can't remember. I don't know if it's a girl on a train book or what? No, it's, it's gotta be another one of those. It's another one of those books though, that like the woman, is on like a cruise ship or something. And she's like, no, it's this lady, like I have her mascara or whatever. It's like a whole thing. And then that's it. So it kind of leads into a possible second season. I kind of hope there is a second season because I just straight up really enjoyed it. Yeah. I like after I was a lot of it after I stopped being kind of terrified with the like creepy rain, rain, go away situation. Yes. Um, I was fine with it. And, and I was like, you know what? I could definitely use a second season of this. I could do this again. Right. When I started the episodes, I was like, I don't know if I like this like dark comedy aspect of this. Like usually yeah. I like, I like a show like this that is serious. <laughs> However, it had the mystery components and, but it also had the kind of like super cheesy stuff that you actually kind of think is funny when you're watching those things. So right. all in all, I enjoyed it, but I would have to say four stars out of five because of that grief thing. I I just didn't like that part of it, but everything else was done so well and so funny. I almost would have to give like four, four and a half out of five. I I would say four. It There were some things that I was like, this isn't, the thing that really got me was Anna getting her ass kicked by a nine-year-old, which just yeah. seems ridiculous. And the fact that she was like, oh, I just killed her. Can you imagine? So shower. not even like getting your ass kicked by a nine-year-old, but having to film with a, like with a child and do like this fake fighting that is like super intense. And you have to like be like that child had to be okay with acting like she was stabbing and shooting another person. Like that child is a great actress. I don't know what, what she's going to do next, but it's going to be good. I'm, I'm putting money on that. Anna tried to pull out a fire iron. Yes. They had a fireplace. She tried to pull out a fire iron to 
kill this little girl. And the girl was like, you're dumb. And freaking shoots her. Yeah. She's like this one. Yeah. I'm going to just shoot you. All in all, it was a really enjoyable experience. I'm glad yeah. I watched it twice to get kind of the other little stuff. Cause it was kind of fun to see all the little stuff, like watch the background. Right. And Jesus, I don't know. I would, else. I think I'd watch it again. Like I really think I oh, would I'd watch, watch it, it a third time. I, I enjoyed it. I challenge all the people that listen to this to pick our next binge watch. Here's the thing. We have to both agree to the binge watch that you're picking. So give us a few choices, a few things that maybe you've enjoyed or that you think would be cool to talk about and let us know. Our next topic is going to be what else can we do but get a puppy? Because Elena is getting a puppy very soon. And I recently got a puppy. I got a puppy in July and we are going to talk about how we got our dogs, why we got our dogs and why dogs are just, we don't deserve them. We don't deserve how them. We just don't deserve we them. We don't deserve them. They're the best. So we are going to talk all about that. And of course I will talk about our other dogs that we have. And I would love so much to hear, um, you got a puppy story or your funniest having a dog story. I would and like to send hear us that. like animal pictures just for us. Oh yes. Please dog or cat. It's please like do. whatever Dogs, you got cats, birds, whatever you feel in your heart, ferrets. If you want a ferret and you got a ferret, you show us, you Lizards, show us that ferret. I do sometimes Ooh. enjoy a lizard. I know if you have a bearded dragon, I need to know more about it. Yes. Anyway, love a bearded dragon. We'll so, post pictures of our animals on all yeah. of the Twitters and Instagrams and heck yeah. Thanks. There is always, there's already a picture of Elvis on the Instagram and that is my puppy. So well, Pepper is going to have to make her debut. Pepper will have to make her debut and Gwen, of course, and Danny, Wee. you know, yeah. so our dogs and pets and all the good things that we're going to talk about, we like to keep it upbeat. I think we're going to probably have an upbeat one and then a not so upbeat one and then an upbeat one and then a yeah. not so upbeat one. I feel like that's our usual flow. Yeah. Um, so if you want to send us those messages, you can email us at what else can we do pod at gmail.com. You can follow us at what else can we do pod on Instagram, or you can follow us at can do pod on Twitter. Please make sure to rate, review, subscribe, all of those good things. And let us know your dog stories, how you enjoyed the woman across the street from the girl in the window, just like we enjoyed it. And let us know what else you'd like us to watch. So that is it for what else can we do but binge watch a show number one. Okay, let me end this. I don't, I just don't know how to end things anymore. 